Democrats seek to pass a $3.5 trillion spending bill, hospitals begin firing nurses, and several NBA players are actually coming out standing against the vaccine. I'm William Hall and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back here. So let's go ahead and jump right into things. One of the biggest stories that's been taking place over the last week is all about this Democrat spending bill. So many people haven't even heard much about this, but of course I've covered the previous spending bills on uh, just over the course of this year, but this is an additional spending bill. This isn't a part of something bigger. This isn't something that passed a few months ago. This is a brand new spending bill for $3.5 trillion, okay? That is a lot of money, okay? So there's a lot in this bill. This is one of these bills that gets covered up very easily in the news because it's almost impossible to figure out what in the world is even in the bill because it's 2,500 pages. There's like 100 different tinier bills that are within the, w- within this bill. And don't think when I say tiny that they're actually like really small because each is billions of dollars, okay? But all of that is packed into this bill, okay? So what you have is this problem where they're calling it this infrastructure bill, but very, very little of it actually has to do with anything dealing with that. It's mostly all of this other extraneous stuff that I'm going to be talking about here in a second. But So the the biggest thing about this is that there's actually going to be $1 billion committed to funding or, or bailing out mainstream media networks. So this is, of course, a terrible idea because why in the world would news organizations need to be bailed out? And this is where the details matter, okay? On the ground, this is where the details matter because ultimately what they're trying to do by pushing forward bills like this is that they cover up the language and on the face of it, it sounds, you know, kind of like whatever. I mean, whatever, it's just a billion dollars. Let it go ahead and go to where it needs to go to. But we have to look at how this is worded, who this is going to benefit, and why it's important. So jumping right in here. So remember, first of all, we're already $28 million in debt as a country. So adding more on top of this is a massive spend. Okay, it's a lot of money. So what's actually included in this is that they're trying to um, raise taxes to actually pay for this bill. That's what's going on. Your tax money, my tax money, getting paid directly to the mainstream media, the same ones that lie to us on a daily basis. So the bill is supposed to be providing a payroll tax credit for compensation of local news journalists. Now, we hear local and, you know, maybe you're not thinking CNN, but I'll get into that in a second. But this is what they're trying to cover it as. It's basically saying local news journalists. That's who this is supposed to be going for. So the program would provide a credit of up to $50,000 annually for each local news journalist on staff, subsidizing half the wages of the first year and 30% for four years thereafter. So the bill defines local news journalist as someone who works at least 100 hours each quarter. So that's every, every few months, every three months. During which time, such individual uh, regularly gathers, collects, photographs, uh, records, writes, or reports news or information that concerns local events or other matters of public interest. So, let's add that up for a second. That's literally 10 hours a week. So, if you do any of that, 
if you just do photography for a, a news organization for 10 hours a week, so extremely part-time, not just regular part-time, but very, very part-time, right? Then you're, then that company can get 50,000 bucks basically from you doing just that. So this is pretty crazy. I mean, we're literally talking about freelance people, everybody getting money for what reason, right? That's what we have to be asking this about. Why are they getting bailed out? Because people aren't interested in local news anymore. People aren't interested in looking at things that, you know, maybe your local paper or things like that. I mean, come on. These, these news organizations are not uh, following your interests whatsoever. And of course, we have to ask ourselves, okay, what are the limitations here? Because how big of a company could be getting this kind of money? This is a lot of money they're talking about giving to these corporations. So the actual part of the bill says that the uh, the publication must employ no more than 750 employees, which, by the way, is a lot of people, okay? 750 is not a small organization. Just keep that in mind, okay? So... Not a small enterprise, but if you have 750, 750 employees that fall under this category of working literally just 10 hours a week, okay, you can receive $37.5 million per year from the federal government that's your money, that's my money going into their pocket because of this bailout. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Now, you're, of course, going to see a bunch of different news organizations that want to be considered as local news journalists, even though they're not really local news journalists that are going in with this. They're going to be trying to classify their employers this way because they want this money. That's what this is all about. This is the problem with these government programs that are aiming to try to uh, incentivize people to do things or whatever is because what you're doing is you're making people want to take advantage of it. We saw the same thing thing uh, same thing with the uh, the loans that they were giving to businesses during the COVID outbreak. I mean, last year, businesses were absolutely taking advantage of that money, taking that money that didn't need the money. It's crazy what they're willing to do, what businesses are willing to do for this kind of money. Um, but what you have them basically doing is taking your tax dollars, my tax dollars, giving these to the same corporations that lie to us every day. The mainstream media, the ones that are not good. Yeah, maybe it's going to some good ones too, but let's be honest. Most of the time, that's not what's happening, okay? Especially when we look at the uh, several other local news networks that are covering up COVID cases. All of them are kind of complicit in this, okay? It's not like these people are just getting off scotch-free. That's not really the case. And it sounds a lot like China, where you have the citizens literally paying to be uh, or paying the people that are feeding them the propaganda. Sounds a bit ridiculous. The the mainstream media does not deserve any kind of bailout whatsoever. There's no reason why they need any kind of money, in my opinion, adding to the list of these things. I don't I don't understand why anybody would want that at all. The thing is that this is also kind of just a Trojan horse for the the leftist anti-American radicalism. I mean, that's all that it is. This whole bill is meant to try and push that through. This stuff isn't popular with normal people, with people in the United States. If you were to poll them, they don't care about this stuff. They don't want all their tax dollars going to media corporations and and whatnot. They don't want it going there. So they're putting it in this bill because they know simply that it's unpopular. The other thing that they're uh, doing in here, not being reported on a lot because it's hard to find the details of this bill. It's crazy. But... Uh, the, the federal government is now going to be able to issue up to $700,000 to businesses that don't follow the federal mandate by forcing their employees to be vaccinated. You heard that right. $700,000. By the way, that's per case. Per case. So if you just have one employee that 
didn't get the vaccine that's employed with your company and somebody reports it and they find out about it, your business can suffer the penalty of $700,000 because of that. By the way, that penalty is 14 times higher, or sorry, 10 times higher than what, than what it was before. Previously, when Biden announced the whole uh, vaccine mandate for businesses of 100 employees or higher, uh, it was actually $14,000. That was the the uh, the amount that they could fine you for. Now they're raising that all the way up to $700,000 as a part of this bill. For each rule-breaking instance, that's that's the uh, kind of the crux of all of this. For each rule-breaking insta- uh, instance, so if just say for example, you've got a company of 100 employees. 50 of them are unvaccinated. You could face a fine up to $35 million. So your your business is out of business. 50% of your employees are unvaccinated. You're done. That's that's money to kill a business, any business that's out there at 100 employees. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at this stuff here. That This spending bill is not just some infrastructure thing. This is about killing businesses. This is about funding the people that are feeding us the propaganda. That's what this is about. They're willing to actually destroy the lives of not only the business owners, but the employees that work for those businesses, all in the name of a vaccine that we can't even really prove is more than 50% effective, especially as new variants will continue to to, uh, crop up. These variants aren't going to end, folks. This is going to be a continuous thing. And, And by the way, because many people don't think about this, they don't know how this works, it's the same way with the flu. As more variants take place, this is how viruses work, okay? As more variants pop up, it becomes more transmissible, but less deadly. That's the way that it works. It's the way that viruses have worked forever, okay? Viruses don't become more deadly over time as variants take place. And the the mainstream media is going to tell you otherwise. That's why they're not focusing so much on deaths right now. They're actually focusing on cases. They're looking at cases, 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 because that's the easiest thing they can do to, to try and make things look bad or worse than they are. So let's keep that in mind. But... When you have Democrats that are a part of this whole thing with the uh, with this bill right now, their goal is basically to try to lie to the American people, to tell you that it doesn't really matter. Don't focus on what's out there. Don't focus on the actually looking at the facts of this bill. Just trust us. We have your best intentions at heart, which is not true. Okay, okay this is not true. We know this. So Nancy Pelosi, which is kind of the queen of this, of lying to the American people, despite what a lot of people want to believe, the same hypocrite that's walking around, you know, going to salons during her or disobeying her own lockdowns. I mean, crazy lady already as it is. She goes in there and basically says on the news, well, this bill actually $3.5 trillion, it won't cost you anything at all. Check this out. It's not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president has said, is zero. This bill will be paid for it's about what are the values that we share and how we prioritize them. And that is the place that we will go. I- Listen, I don't know about you, but when a politician tells me, let's don't let's not focus on the money. Don't don't focus on the numbers and stuff. OK, the numbers and the dollars. Don't look at that. To me, that's like, hey, maybe we should be focusing on that. Not maybe, but we need we have to be looking at that. The mere fact that they're telling us not to tells me that we have to. But Democrats are more than happy to go along with what she's saying. Don't focus on the numbers. Okay. Whatever you say, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, we'll just assume that what you're talking about is correct because we can't think for ourselves. That's what the Democrats do. You're going to see that throughout this entire show where Democrats just go along with things because they, they don't care. They need somebody to tell them. They're like children. They need somebody to tell them what to do every second of the day instead of thinking for themselves, instead of looking at the facts. 
I don't understand why anybody would want to live this way. But, you know, the thing is that this whole plan, this spending plan, what um, Biden's been trying to put in place, this isn't just something that's limited simply to what Biden's trying to do and what the Democrats at large are trying to do. This is all a part of something bigger. It's a part of them trying to extend what Obama was doing. Because Obama is kind of the person that everybody really wanted to be president for as long as possible. We've seen it speculated him wanting to be president or if he was in the White House longer. I mean, he literally says he would want somebody that is basically going to stand in place while he feeds them instructions. Okay. And Nancy Pelosi kind of confirms this, that really this is all a part of, of, sorry, Obama's agenda. Keep government open. We intend, we have to do those imminently, uh, more imminently even uh, to address the full Obama agenda of building back better with, and I love to say, building back better. So I guess it's Obama that's really running things, right? I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. That's exactly what she said. This is a part of them trying to extend what he couldn't finish. That's all this is. I said it very early on, but Joe Biden is an empty suit. What I mean by that is he's a, a do boy or a person that just does what he's told to do by the powers that be. He's not somebody that has these independent thoughts of his own. That's the reason why he kind of won the primary. He's, he's a pushover person. He's easy to control. You tell him to go left. He goes left. You tell him to go right. He goes right. And he says as much every time he gets on stage. Oh, they're going to, they're going to, uh, get in, get on to me for answering these questions. They're going to, they're going to tell me that I, uh, get on to me for, for, uh, deciding to answer that question. And they told me to only call on these reporters. I mean, he's telling us over and over again, I'm not running this. I'm not running this administration. That's what he's telling us. So it's no surprise to me that you have Nancy Pelosi out there telling us, hey, this is all really Obama's agenda at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not surprised. This is the vice president from back then. Okay. So it's not surprising that this was Obama's gateway into going right into this. Okay. It doesn't surprise me at all. But the thing is that all of this is about the people that are getting taxed as a result of this bill. That's why she's really trying to say that it's costing us zero dollars. So Democrats on Twitter all over are saying, well, it's only affecting the, the people that make $400,000 a year or more. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, maybe on the face of it. But who are the people in society that are making more than $400,000 a year? They're business owners. They are the people that are employing people like me and you. And as a result of which, when they get taxed like crazy to pay for some ridiculous $3.5 trillion bill, who do you think that's going to hurt? It's not just going to hurt them. Of course, it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt us too. Because they're the ones that are going to wind up having to raise, lower your uh, the amount you can get paid at work, raise the prices of goods. This is all contributing to what would be the inflation. To what They're going to make up their costs some way, somehow. And it's going to be us that are still paying for it some way. And trust me, there isn't enough money in that group of people to pay for this. That was one of the things we were talking about last year. It was debunked last year when they said, oh, well, this $10 trillion Green New Deal isn't that big of a deal. Guys, we'll just tax the rich. There isn't enough money to do it. If, if you, I, I think the figure was, and, I, and don't quote me on this, but it was where if you took all of the money of the top like 1% of people, like, like literally every single one of their dollars, their net worth money, Jeff Bezos' net worth, not the money they have in their bank, their net worth, okay? You took all of that money. It wouldn't be enough to even cover half of the Green New Deal. 
So for some reason, you think that just taxing them a little bit more is somehow going to do something? That's not going to be able to make up for it. And it surely doesn't mean that this is zero cost. It's going to cost you. You may not realize it, but you, people don't know anything about economics these days. It's it's always this trickle-down thing where some is going to affect us through the prices of goods, through the work opportunities that are available, through our employers. It's all going to affect everybody. And, and if you think that they're not going to lower that limit from... 400,000 to 200,000 and from 200,000 to 100,000 and before it starts affecting people like you and me and we're going to be sitting there wondering what happened is because of the slippery slope that we know we know how this works this isn't new this is not new to government they've done it before they'll do it again so that's what we have to be looking at here and Biden's been saying the same thing he's been parroting the same lie telling people and he said in a statement this is a zero dollar bill because it's going to compete uh be completely paid for with taxes on the wealthiest and largest corporations once again no such thing as a free lunch folks it's not going to wind up changing all of a sudden just simply because he joe biden said so because the democrats said so there's not enough money there for them to actually recoup the cost of this and this is just one bill you think they're going to stop with this one bill? You're crazy. It's not like this is going to be the last bill that they use for the next four years. They're going to be passing a new trillion, several trillion dollar bill every few months, as we've seen from the earlier this year. This isn't going to stop. It's not going to. Not as long as Democrats are in charge, at least. So speaking of the, just the government at large and money, the IRS, another organization that I think most people typically despise, is actually going to be trying to track all transactions from your bank account, over the amount of $600. Now, just some context for this whole ordeal. It used to be $10,000. In other words, if you uh, deposited, transferred, withdrew $10,000 or more from your bank account, the banks were required by law to report that, okay? So they reported those things to the IRS. And the, and the whole point, in, at least initially, behind it was so that if there was any illegal activity, the IRS could catch it because typically people moving that kind of amount of money around are maybe trying to avoid taxes or something along those lines. So this was a way for them to basically uh, uh, do this without having any major issues to, to try and catch those people that are trying to dodge taxes. But we have to look at the um, effectiveness of, of what's actually taking place here. So I think, and like I said, don't quote me on this specifically. I forgot the exact numbers on this, but Say typically there's like maybe a hundred investigations. I don't know what the exact time span, but let's just say they've got a hundred investigations going. Literally, only like ten percent of those actually turn up to be um, cases where those people were actually committing some type of tax fraud or um, evading taxes or involved in some other illegal activity. So this isn't like some fifty percent success rate, seventy five percent success rate. It's a ten percent success rate right now of actually catching people that are actually doing something wrong. The other people had to go through the hassle though of turning in paperwork to the IRS, doing all this extra work and dealing with their investigation and blah 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 blah. It goes on for nothing, right? For no reason other than the fact that they just dared to transfer or move ten thousand dollars around in their bank account. So when we see stuff like this, do we really trust the IRS at this point? Because I don't, I don't trust them at all. $600, most of us have moved $600 before, you know, with withdrawals or deposits or, I mean, anything. You're basically giving the IRS every transaction you make, almost every transaction. And for some reason, we're just not going to say anything about that. I mean, that's what the Democrats want, but I'm going to say something about it. So we have to be looking at it like this because this is very, very important. This is a massive overreach. 
One of the biggest concerns about this also is the privacy. I mean, the IRS is no saint when it comes down to being able to, to protect the, the actual security of your data, right? This is nothing but an excuse to data collect on your stuff, all your transactions, all handled by the IRS in the name of what well, we're trying to make sure people aren't evading taxes. But ultimately, you're going to have to be sending probably a lot more paperwork and everything else to the IRS for no reason. Just because they've reduced this limit. And this isn't like, it's not like the IRS can handle this. I don't even think the IRS wants to do this. So I don't, it's not necessarily that I'm blaming the IRS specifically. I don't think the IRS wants to do this. I think this is the Biden administration that wants the IRS to do this, and the IRS can't handle this. So there's a report here showing that more than 35 million people or uh, the tax returns were still being processed at the end of June this year. So obviously late. That's, by the way, four times more than were being processed in 2019. So the IRS already is behind, slow, unable to do their job effectively with what they already have to do. And now you're going to stick them millions of transactions on top of that that they're supposed to be looking through. So your tax returns are probably going to get even later as years go on because the Biden administration is trying to do that. Now, they haven't passed this yet, but just be on the lookout for it. Just keep keep your eyes on the news about this because if it does wind up being a thing, that's going to be a problem for a lot of people out there. We don't want this to go through at all. Once again, you have to look at this as well as if somebody hacks the IRS, they're going to have access to literally everybody's data, pretty much almost everyone's data, millions of people that are going to have their information out there right now um, because the IRS has been data collecting all of this stuff for all of the, for however long it's going to be in place. And once they, and they only have to hack one place to get access to everyone's information. And, and this is also going to actually stress the bank industry as well. The banks don't want this because say, I don't know, Chase Bank, normally they don't have to report that many $10,000 transactions, but 600, how many more people are they going to have to hire to cover that? Every time somebody makes a $600 transaction, that, that takes a lot of work, extra time. The banks don't want this either. So this is a very unpopular plan from Joe Biden, but what else is new? None of this stuff's actually popular at all. But shifting gears a little bit, nurses in New York are now getting fired for being unvaccinated. Now, this isn't anything new because we knew that this was going to be happening at some point, but they're actually doing it now. So for all those people out there that are talking about this being about your health, uh, yeah, no, no, it's not. It's just not. Okay, that's a lie at this point. So New York State Health Department um, issued a, an order last month mandating that all healthcare workers receive at least their first COVID-19 shot by September 27th. Now, hundreds of the healthcare workers across the state have been suspended without pay and will lose their jobs in the next coming days if they don't get the vaccine. So of the 43,000 employees at the New York City's 11 public hospitals, about 5,000 of them were not vaccinated, according to the head of the NYC Health and Hospitals on Monday. So healthcare workers are being fired for refusing to get the vaccination and they will not be uh, eligible for unemployment insurance either. So a hospital spokesperson actually made this statement saying, we owe it to our staff, our patients and the communities we serve to be 100% vaccinated against COVID-19. Please tell me what in the world 100% is going to do. I'd love to hear the answer on this one, but not one person has a good answer for this. 100% vaccination guarantees you nothing, okay? You know why? Because that 100% vaccination is about 50% effective. And I can assure you, you're going to have people that are walking in there that are COVID positive. So what's it going to do for you? Really, I'd, I'd love to know. The, the numbers don't agree with what they're telling us, okay? They, they just don't. 
And, and the thing is that they want you to feel safe. I mean, that's all that 100% is, really. I, I mean, let's think about it. If, if we really boil down what they're saying, it's saying, you know, if we're at 100%, I feel safe. But, you know, newsflash, folks, I, you know, you may feel safe, but you're not safe, okay? The numbers are showing you that all it's going to take is one person to walk in there that has COVID or a person that is vaccinated that has a breakthrough cases, they're calling it. It's just COVID, okay? I'm, I'm tired of the whole language on that. Breakthrough cases. Guys, it just means your vaccine didn't work like you thought it would, okay? It didn't break through anything. It's just that vaccine isn't as effective as you thought, okay? Plain and simple. It's not that hard to understand. But all it takes is one person. And then everybody in that hospital technically can get COVID with the vaccine. So you really think that's going to help anything? I don't think so. The thing is that I find very interesting is that you, take a look back to last year when Trump was uh, still in the White House. Every Democrat out there was, I mean, they were all about the nurses. They loved them some nurses. I mean, think about that. They were uh, talking about how essential they were. They were all going uh, hard for the for the frontline workers. And, and everybody was generally speaking in agreement. And, and that was because Trump was president and they wanted to make sure that the people that were fighting COVID were the ones that mattered and were talking about this. So, of course, they were putting up all the ones that were saying, man, you know, this outbreak's so bad. And, and we really, I mean, look at these heroes. They're literally heroes. Look at where we're at now, though. I mean, they've tossed nurses to the side faster than you could even understand. Now they're they're out. They don't care about them anymore. What happened to the heroes? What happened to the essential workers of last year? They're the same people. But now you're willing to fire every single one of them for a vaccine that you know isn't 100% effective. And for those that are worried about the vaccine and maybe thinking about it, okay, well, you know, I don't understand exactly what we should be thinking about it. Let, let's take it. Let's just take a step back here for a second. When you get the flu shot, are you worried about the flu? When you get your measles vaccination, are you worried about that? You're not worried about those things. I, I mean, for years, when I've got the flu shot and many other people that have gotten a flu shot before, once you get it, you're not concerned with, with getting the flu. Why is it that you can get the COVID vaccine, but you're still worried about getting COVID? Because you still can get it. It's just, it's not the same as another vaccine. It's really not even a vaccine at all, but it's definitely not the same as these other vaccines that we've had in the past. So we can't think about it in the same terms because it's not the same. But this isn't about your health. And I don't care how many nurses you fire, it won't cure COVID. It won't cure any of this. The real pandemic is misinformation. People not understanding what's actually going on around them. So them thinking that for some reason you firing actual nurses that now, by the way, those hospitals are turning people away for elective surgeries because they don't have the staff. It's not like the nursing field was already dealing with an overabundance of nurses. They were already in a shortage. So you just stack this on top of it and pretend like you care about the health of the American people. Give me a break. It's not true. They don't, you don't care. They went from essential to now non-essential. No one cares about them anymore. Congratulations, Democrats. This is exactly what you wanted. But as I mentioned, you can't fix these issues by firing employees. If they mean that much, that's what it's really going to come down to. And I think this is a test. This is a test of the hospitals. It's a test of the uh, different other employers as well to see, 
Are you okay? Yeah, you may like the vaccine, uh, anonymous employer, whoever it is. But how badly do you really like that vaccine? How badly do you, how much do you really believe in it? Are you willing to lose every single one of your staff over it? Because I can assure you that none of them are. So that's why we have to stand firm on our freedoms, on what we want, on a choice, having the option, not being forced to do things. That's what this all ultimately boils down to. It looks like even the NBA, or several NBA players at least, are now speaking out against the vaccine. Something that, of course, Democrats would hate to actually happen is now happening. So this actually is a uh, kind of focus specifically around one player that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, Jonathan Isaac, okay? So last year, uh, this is kind of an, just an interesting tidbit about him a little bit. During the George Floyd riots, as you remember, a lot of the NBA teams... Uh, were actually kneeling during the national anthem. It was one of the big things that they were doing in the name of BLM. And, and they were doing this ridiculous disrespect, of course, to the American flag and, and because they felt like the flag was racist or, or whatever. But the point is that Jonathan Isaac actually was somebody that stood in respect to the American flag. And he had some interesting things to say when a reporter had asked him about why he chose to stand and not to kneel. So the reporter asked, do you believe that black lives matter? Now, first of all, that is a terrible question from a terrible journalist or reporter, I'm assuming, because what idiot would say no to that question? We know that the organization is a lot more than that. But let's go into what actually uh, Jonathan Isaac said. So he said, quote, absolutely. I believe that black lives matter. A lot went into my decision. And part of it is I thought that kneeling or wearing the Black Lives Matter t-shirt doesn't go hand in hand with supporting black lives. So I felt like just for me personally, what is that I believe is taking on a stance that I do believe that black lives matter, but I just felt like it was a decision that I had to make. And I didn't feel like putting that shirt on and kneeling went hand in hand with supporting black lives. I believe that for myself. So that's what he said. And what this tells me that is that this is a person that clearly is thinking for themselves, clearly somebody that probably is looking at exactly what or who George Floyd was, the facts that we know about him, uh, looking at what the Black Lives Matter organization stands for and basically saying, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not disrespecting the flag to, to basically appeal to these people that are out of their minds trying to praise criminals. So he uh, obviously is apparently unvaccinated from what uh, he's told everybody. And he explains this reasoning here at this Orlando Magic media day that they were having. Check it out. Jonathan, Josh Robbins with The Athletic. Uh, what is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I, I would start with um, I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected. 
or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why, or this is not why it should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or, uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's, uh, uh you know, loving those who don't. So obviously, uh, um, awesome words there. But the, he isn't the only one. I mean, there's actually more people, more players in the NBA that have been speaking out about this. Here's a couple of more players that are uh, kind of echoing these sentiments about not getting the vaccine. Hey, Andrew, I know it's a private issue, like you said. Last year, when we asked about it, you were a little more open. You said, you know, if I get to a point where I have to take the vaccine, I'll do it. Do you feel like you're in a position where you're going to have to make a choice. And is, is that frustrating? Because I know you have your personal beliefs and I want to keep them personal. What, you know, you don't want to tell us, but are you at a spot where you feel like you, your back's against the wall and you have to make a choice either way? And is that frustrating? Um, back is definitely, you know, against the wall, against the wall. Um, but I'm just going to keep fighting for what I believe and, whether it's one thing or another, get the vaccination or not get the vaccination, who knows? I'm just going to, you know, keep fighting for what I believe and what I believe is right. You know, what's right to one person isn't right to the other, you know, vice versa. Andrew, you seem pretty convinced. Um, what's the reason for not just explaining what you believe? Um, yeah, it's none of your business. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, I don't ask you guys about your beliefs. I don't ask you guys what you think is right or wrong. You know, we're different people. It can be like parenting. Like, you know, some people shed their beliefs onto their children. Some people let their children to grow up and believe what they want to believe. You know, who are you guys to... Who are you guys where I have to explain what I believe? Or, you know, what's right or what's wrong in my mind? We're two totally different people. You know, what you think is not what I think. What I think is not what you think. Every player, every person in this world is going to make their own decision for themselves. Um, I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines. Why are they still getting COVID? If that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from. Like, that's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID. Right. So everybody, is everybody in here vaxxed? I would assume, right? So you all can still get COVID, right? Okay, but you can still get COVID, right? So, and you can still pass it along with the vax, right? So, so I'm gonna ask, I'm just asking so, a question. Oh, sure. And so like just having COVID back around the Olympics, like that basically the same way. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but having it change your opinion one way or another, like that it kind of reemphasize I don't need the vaccine. Like that. No, 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 no. 
No, that didn't. That wasn't the case. I mean, yeah, I had it, but that doesn't mean I can't get it again. You know, I mean, it's no different than somebody with a vaccine. Like I can, yes, I developed the antibodies for it, so my chances will be less likely now as well, right? But it's still a possibility. I may get it, just like there are players and coaches and staff who are vax and missing camp right now because of it. So. Now, you know who hates this the most? You might be wondering. It's actually the Democrats, more specifically white liberals, okay? They're the ones that hate this the most because they're looking at people like him and saying, what do you mean? You're, you're black. Get in line. Get in line with what we want you to believe. That's what they're basically telling us. Just like the nurses, right? They were heroes last year. BLM people were great last year. We're, we were standing with the NBA last year when they were kneeling. Now, all of a sudden... Uh-oh, you're not denying getting the vaccine now, of course, are you? Get back in line. That's basically what they're telling them. I think a lot of this is actually spurred on by Nicki Minaj a bit because, as I mentioned before when I was talking about on the, talking about her specifically on the show, is that she is single-handedly going to be able to get these issues out in the mainstream. I don't have to like her personal life, but the fact is is that she's going to be able to actually get people talking about this, get people recognizing what's going on. Because she has enough of a following to do that. I'm not sure if they were kind of waiting for her or seeing what she was saying, but I think that this is becoming more popular where a lot of black people in the NBA all over the place are saying, you know what? No, I'm not, I'm not going to go along with this. And liberals are losing their minds over it. They're losing their minds that people are saying it should be a choice. I mean, I mean, think about that. Where are we at as a country right now where the argument is not about being anti-vax or pro-vax or something like that, but where the the horrible thing to the Democrats is in the middle. They, they are afraid of people being in the middle of that argument, basically saying that we should have the right to choose which way we go on this issue. That's what's crazy to me. It's almost like they don't care about your health. It's almost like they really don't care about how effective or ineffective this vaccine is, is just about their ability to tell you what to do and you just sucking it up and dealing with it. That's what worries me about this. They hate to see Dem uh, black people going against the grain. That's what Democrats hate to see. So we have to give it to them. That's what we have to show them. Because that's the only way that things are actually going to legitimately change at all. But you know, this country could be so much worse. Because all you have to do is look across the sea to Australia to see a absolutely authoritarian government that's going on right now. It's a terrible, terrible place to live in. I couldn't imagine being there right now. Many people aren't even aware of what's going on or why it's going on. So I'm going to kind of go through a little bit of exactly what's happening over there and why it's taking place. So let's just go through some of the rules here. Okay. Now, once again, let's keep this in mind because this isn't America, but it could be us very soon if we're not careful. So this is what's happening right now in Sydney, Australia. These are their uh, part of their stay-at-home orders. These are laws. If you violate these, you can get arrested. You will get arrested. And you might even get beaten within an inch of your life. That's actually happened to several people already. We have videos proving that. But here's some of the rules here. First one here is only one person can leave the house to get food per day. Now, I don't know if, how many of you, I'm assuming a lot of you have gotten groceries before. That's not very easy to do, okay? So especially if you're married. I mean, that, that's kind of ridiculous. Browsing in shops is not allowed. So unless you're there to actually purchase something, I'm assuming, and they don't want you in there. You can get arrested for that. 
You must register for travel to leave Sydney. Mandatory work from home where possible. Mandatory face mask. And by the way, that is outdoors as well, everywhere you go. Allowed to exercise uh, within five kilometers of your home. No further than that. A five-person limit on outdoor activities for un- for uh, vaccinated people. By the way, that's like I said, that's vaccinated. Okay, so much faith in this vaccine that they only want five people to actually be together outdoors. Unvaccinated can exercise outdoors with only one person. Cannot have visitors to home unless for specific reasons like childcare or an emergency. So good luck having a social life there either. If you live alone, you're permitted one nominated visitor who can visit you in your home. You cannot share cars with people who do not live with except for who do, who you do not live with except for specific reasons like an emergency even if it's a Subaru Outback. So, uh the Bloomin' Onions and, and and other things in the restaurants by the way can only be shared while wearing latex gloves. You must uh carry proof of name and address if you have left your home and present it to the police. You have or you must have proof of vaccination and show it to the police. And open businesses use uh, must use mandatory check-ins, often with QR codes. Uh, almost reminds me of like the Foursquare days of that that old application where you checked in places. But yeah, so they can track where you're going. That's basically what's going on right now. So there have been so far women that have get, gotten beat by the cops. I mean, like not just like kind of abused, like I mean, straight up beat on the ground with batons by cops for not wearing a mask. Okay, uh, we have plenty of videos of that sh- of showing that. Um, Australia has also deployed the military and helicopters to tell people to go home and comply with the lockdown. South, um, South Australia made its citizens in quarantine download an app and send photos of themselves in quarantine in their quarantine location every 15 minutes. So a lot of people are wondering, okay, how in the world did this happen? How did they get to this point of absolute tyranny? And how do we avoid not getting at this point of tyranny? Well, it's pretty straightforward. Let's look at what the actual laws are right now, specifically the gun laws. Okay, so Australia, a long time ago, about 25 years ago, pretty much gave up all their rights to guns. Pretty much. So they did a uh, gun buyback program uh, in like the 1990, late 1990s, which basically limited how many people actually had a gun in their home by like 50%. So basically, that was a massive boon. A lot of people just willingly gave up their firearms for some, some cash. It's not a lot of money, by the way, either. Now, the current law... For their actual firearms are that they ban automatic and semi-automatic uh, firearms. Um, they require registration for all of them. Require all licensed applic- uh, applicants to establish a genuine reason for firearm ownership, and they need uh, a need for a specific type of gun as well. Uh, so you have to put all of this in there, what you specifically plan to use it for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They also require permits for every new firearm purchase. And there's a minimum 28-day waiting period. So if you think your three to five days are bad in the United States, trust me, it's way worse. Way worse in Australia. So in 2020, uh, 868,000 Australians were licensed to own firearms, which is about 3.5% of their population. That's it. They don't have any of the freedoms that we have. And the reason why is because they willingly gave it up through guns, through everything else, and allow the government to do whatever they want it to do. But this isn't just a an issue that kind of just shows up on you, shows up on your doorstep all at one time, right? It's not like uh, a situation where you just where every American citizen is thrown into the boiling pot of water. It's like the frog in the pot of water. The temperature is slowly raised. It adds up over time. It starts small, and it's just these small things, right? Like they say, a bunch of sand uh, or grains of sand make a heap. Because 
That's what they're looking at right now. And now it's so big, getting rid of it is impossible because they've governed themselves into oblivion. Now they have nothing else to stand back on. They also don't have free speech there as well. But like I said, it starts small, ends up big, and now they don't have any ground to stand on whatsoever. They give up their guns, and now they're reaping the consequences of doing that. This is why we can't rely on the government. This is why we need ways to protect ourselves from government tyranny. This is why we need that. Australia gave it up, and now people are being beat in the streets over a paper mask. Masks that have not been proven to be super effective for a vaccine that's not been proven to be super effective. And it's gone. Everything they've worked for is gone. But back in Florida, DeSantis is obviously doing a great job with Florida, and the liberals hate him for it. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter how good of a decision he makes. They will constantly try to make him look like the worst person ever. But I oftentimes get a kick out of the Democrats that go out of their way to make DeSantis look like the worst governor in America, but actually wound up doing him a, I guess, a, a service because they actually make him look to be the good person in all of this. So here's a, I guess they tried to make this like some kind of a purge movie trailer or something like that, but it was supposed to be an attack ad, an anti Ron DeSantis ad. But honestly, I mean, tell me what you think to me. If anything, this is actually helping him, not hurting him, and I find it very hilarious. Check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of your cabin crew, we'd like to inform you that we have officially entered Florida airspace. Now that we're making our final descent, please watch this short message from Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID-19. Thereafter, everyone on board will be required to comply with the state's forever purge. We are not doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not going to be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates and lockdowns or any of that stuff. As Governor DeSantis stated, while you're within state lines, you do not have to wear a mask. You do not have to get a vaccine. It is against the law for private businesses or schools to mandate masks or vaccines. And you have the absolute right to infect whoever you want, whenever and wherever, with COVID-19. Thank you for traveling with us. And please, enjoy your forever purge. COVID-19 is surging again. This is the time to double down. The governor is doubling down. He says students shouldn't be forced to wear masks. If you are trying to lock people down, I'm going to stand in your way. Florida just requested 300 new ventilators. Hospitals are filling up here. There is evidence that children are making up much higher cases that are emerging. The numbers continue to rise across Florida. This fall, don't breathe. This is insane. The Forever Purge. Coming to a theater and live streaming networks near you. All right, Democrats, thank you for the ad that literally is showing that we still have our freedoms in Florida. Isn't that funny? 
isn't it? You know, people love to say, I don't care what you do. It's a free country. I mean, the Democrats don't agree with that. Okay. They don't agree with that notion that our country is free. They don't want us to be free. This ad is crazy because it's all of the stuff that DeSantis is doing right. It's things that make me see that this is America. And they're putting this out because they believe the opposite of everything he just said. They believe the opposite of everything he just said. Oh no, he's forcing kids or he's sorry. He's not forcing kids to wear masks. He's not forcing businesses to require vaccines. He's not requiring uh, the, the vaccine mandates in Florida. Oh no. I mean, couldn't, I don't understand what kind of crazy, insane mindset you have to be in to think that he should be doing that. That doesn't sound like America. Just like I talked about, this is like, it's like Australia or something. They want that. But my thought is, guys, look, we live in the United States of America. There's 50 states and 49 others you can choose to go to. If you've got that, if you've got that big of a problem with the way Ron DeSantis is doing things, go somewhere else. But they're not going to go anywhere else because they're too busy trying to reap the benefits of what freedoms we do have in Florida while trying to complain and play the victim at the same time. I'm telling you right now, this is what they're doing. The Democrats, the liberals that are in Florida right now are taking advantage of, of taking advantage of it. I can guarantee you they're going to the store. They're going all these other places with no mask on. Maybe they're wearing a mask, but they don't care. They'll be more than happy to send their kids to whatever public school they want, but they want to pretend as if they're the victim. Oh, DeSantis is the worst. Oh, these cases are the worst, but they will never leave here. Because they're not that stupid, which is why I don't care what they say in these stupid ads. I don't care what they say on Twitter. It's a blatant lie. And by the way, they want to make Florida look at like it's the worst state ever, but it's not. Okay, it just isn't. This whole ad is a lie. How do we know? Let's look at these stats, okay? The actual statistics in Florida right now. So cases are down in Florida, 75% in the past month and a half, and are now below the national average with zero change in state policy or new intervention. So, what do you have to say for that, liberals? Is it really the bad policy? Oh, well, they'll say, well, all the other people just basically died, and and that's really... Guys, if it was still that bad, it wouldn't matter, right? Why is it still worse in other states that are liberal, that are doing all these lockdowns still? Please explain to me how that works. Maybe it's because DeSantis is actually rolling out legitimate... Alternative treatment clinics actually doing things for the American people, actually allowing people to live their lives freely. You know, me and my wife are looking at buying a home, uh, probably looking at doing that in the next few months here. And I'm telling you what, right now, the prices have absolutely skyrocketed everywhere. You can barely find a decent home. Why? Because all of these people are moving down here. So for this being the worst state ever, they sure are crowding into our homes right now. They sure are moving like crazy down here. Look, the, the, the reality doesn't line up with their liberal beliefs. You can make as many pseudo attack ads on DeSantis that you want. It isn't going to do anything for you. It won't. Because at the end of the day, he's doing a great job. The numbers don't lie about that. So you can go ahead with your little Florida, uh, what is that? The floor ever purge or whatever they want to call it. All you want. At the end of the day, all that ad does is prove that this is America still in Florida. And if you want your liberal policies, it is a free country for you to move to somewhere else so that you can be locked down, forced to do this, forced to live your life that way. But I know you're not that stupid. I know these these liberals that are putting these things up aren't that stupid. They're actually in Florida or Texas. So they know better. They know better. They're absolutely reaping the benefits of this stuff and then complaining about it later as if they they aren't thankful that they actually live in a state that they can actually even do this in the first place. Really mind boggling. 
So this episode's TikTok liberal is actually uh, a couple that's trying to raise their child as, or basically with no gender. Check it out. When our child Zoomer was born in 2016, my partner Brent and I decided to raise them without assigning a gender. We didn't disclose their reproductive anatomy to people who didn't need to know. We used the gender neutral pronouns they, them, there until Zoomer could tell us what pronouns fit best. And we taught Zoomer about bodies, gender, identity, and expression in an expansive and inclusive way. We wanted to hold space for the possibility that Zoomer could be intersex, transgender, or non-binary, and we were committed to protecting them from experiencing sexism in early childhood. Zoomer wore all the clothes, played with all the toys, and got to experience a childhood free of gender stereotypes. Around Zoomer's fourth birthday, he told us that he's a boy and that he loves he-him pronouns. Zoomer knows who he is and understands that gender is not binary and that his body doesn't define his destiny. We call this gender creative parenting, and there's resources and an amazing community waiting for you if you want to learn more. You know, before I get into the other stuff, I mean, honestly, the real tragedy here is that they name their child Zoomer. Zoomer? I, I, guys, what are you thinking? Okay, please explain to me what in the world you're thinking by naming your child. I mean, Zoomer is a dog's name, not a child's name. You know what? But I'm really not surprised because it's people like this that treat their children like their dogs. They're nothing but an accessory to their lives to enrich their folk, their, their wokeness and put all of that on them to align with them. That's what it is. Children aren't actually children of independent thought. They're children of, 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 of the actual properties of these crazy parents, woke liberalism. That's what this is. Make no mistake about that. So it's not surprising when I have, when, when you see these, these uh, parents naming their child, these ridiculous things and doing this. But of course, this whole thing is ridiculous. Being woke about no gender and everything like that is all, just insane. They're already insane. But let's look at the facts here. If that child at any given point in time goes to a doctor's office, guess what they're going to do? Guess what they're going to do, woke parents that have a child with no gender? They're going to put a gender on him. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to put a gender on that child based off of anatomy. It doesn't matter that you say, well, you know, they don't have a gender yet. You can say that all you want. It's not going to change the facts that they're actually there. Every medical book in history, until they change it, keep your eyes out for that. It's going to happen. But until they change it, every medical book in history has the absolute gender of your child right there. So I don't care. What's going to happen when that child gets his puberty? What happens then? What are, they gonna, what are you going to explain to him at that point? Oh, well, actually, uh, you're not actually really this, this uh, gender. How's that going to work? You think that those kids aren't going to hate their parents for doing this to them at some point later in life? You bet that they are. Bet you that won't make the news. When they you know, are extremely mad at their parents for putting them through this type of stuff as a child, lying to them their entire lives. When these kids get older, they're going to be like, what in the world were you thinking? That's why it's basically child abuse. I mean, because they're going to grow up being like, I was abused as a child by being told I was something I'm not. But not having structure in my life. But everything these, these parents are doing in that video, to me, is really about them trying to get attention. That's what this is about. I've reported on the other TikTok liberals that are trying to get attention, but these parents are trying to get attention. Makes you honestly wonder, would they really be talking about all of this, naming their child this, doing this no gender thing, if they couldn't post it on TikTok, if they couldn't put it out in front of the world? Would they really still have those beliefs right then? I'm curious to find out, because I don't think that that would probably be the case. 
Because by the same logic, by the way, I could easily just say, you know what? My kid thinks that they can fly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take them to the roof and I'm going to go ahead and set them free off the roof. And, uh, you know, I'll report back and let you know how it went. By the same logic, that makes sense. And we know that it's crazy. And I'm going to treat this just as crazy as that is. Kids need structure. They need discipline. They need authority in their lives. When you take that away and tell them, do what you want to do. They're not going to have or they're not going to live a great life. That's just not going to happen, especially when they get older and recognize what's going on. Most kids, you leave them alone, especially at that age, and they'll just die. They don't know how to cook food. They don't know how to take care of themselves. And yet you're going to let them choose their gender. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous when you see the way that these parents are doing this. And and, any, and the fact is, is like I said, if anybody is disagreeing with what I'm saying here, you're in for a rude awakening when you have kids. Because I'm telling you right now, without some type of structure and authority, you're basically leaving it up to them to figure out how they're going to screw themselves up. And at the end of the day, this is the parents' fault because they should be the authority and they're refusing to do their jobs on purpose for TikTok in the name of woke liberalism. And I have a massive problem with that. So with that being said, I thank you for watching this show. Please remember, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, to leave a review on that as it does help the show out as well. I hope you enjoyed the last episode as well, uh, speaking with the uh, Free Thinkers podcast. Make sure to check them out as well. Hopefully, I'll be able to do a few more episodes with them as well. And I also plan on doing a few maybe episodes in the lead-ups to the uh, next elections or midterm elections of doing uh, speaking with different uh, politicians and things like that as well. So be on the lookout for those as well. But with that being said, I thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.